0: Oh, the real estate market in DFW. Coming into the year, you would have thought that everybody was getting ready to buy a home. And then when COVID hit, you would have thought nobody was going to buy a home. And it ended up being a relatively like level year. It wasn't super crazy, but it also didn't fall off the cliff or it hadn't fallen off the cliff yet. So I wanted to have an update episode uh, with a local realtor. Talk about the real estate market. I got my friend Todd Terry to come in and give his perspective on the real estate market. Enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. All right, we are back with another episode of Ask Philip podcast. Hey y'all, we are this is a, this is a special recording because we're actually recording in the car, trying to different different uh, different recording style. And so my my guest today is Todd Terry. He's a, a realtor and an actor, and um, which is an interesting combination. But when you think about it, uh, you know the the whole client service sales process is kind of is is kind of like a, a act, not in a bad way, right? But, <laughs> right? but but it is, you know, sometimes you don't feel, you don't feel like dealing with tough issues, and you got to put on a smile on your face and get it done. So thanks for coming on the show,
1: Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard people say, "Are you acting like you're being a realtor?" Before, so yeah, there's a. Little, I say there's a little bit of uh, of acting in all we do, or presentation, should I say, in what we do. But uh, yeah, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, but 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 aside from the acting part, no. It, it, I, I say that because I had a. It was a guy that I knew early on in the business. He was a financial advisor, and he was like, he he yeah. was a. I thought he was a boring salesman, but after getting to know him, uh, he let me know. He said, "No, man, look." He said, "I practiced this for years." And he said, a coach that I had, let me know, like sales is like acting, you know, you Mm -hmm. go in there and you have to perform with the same energy, the same time, no matter what, you know? And I was like, I was like, ah, okay. You know, so he's kind of one that hit me to the whole acting idea.
1: That, that is so, so true. I mean, I've learned so much through acting in regards to my other business, because like what you're saying, what we continually have to do is rehearse certain things in our lives in order to get better at them. And that's what being an actor is all about is rehearsing and improving so that when you go and present it, it's hopefully flawless. Not always, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, it's, it's definitely helped build my business as a realtor.
0: So, so how'd you get into real estate?
1: So, uh, so long story, but uh, my mom was in the business. It was a family business for years, and she's since retired, but she was in the business for 40 years, probably before she retired, had her own company. But when I was in high school, if somebody asked me, would I ever get into that business, the family business, the real estate, I would say absolutely not because <laughs> <laughs> I saw you know what it took, all it entailed. My mom was constantly working, and you know, I was like, ah, do I really want that? And I loved acting, but long story short, she made me get my license when I was 18 because that's when you could get it. And I figured, well, it'd be good to have it because I can get referral fees maybe from business. And even if I never do it, well, you know, 10 years later, let's say sometime in my late twenties, I was getting married and I was like, Oh man, I'm not sure I can totally support myself as an actor. You know, I was doing well, but it's, you know, some months are great and some are not. So I said, well, we try the family business. So I started working with my mom back in, uh, I think, 96. And we worked together for many years. She had a company called Ellen Terry Realtors, mm-hmm. which was a boutique company. And then Ebbie Halliday bought it. And uh, it was Ebi Halliday's kind of luxury brand uh, division for years. And then they Ebi cons- consolidated it under another name. And that's when my mom and I went and worked for another company which is Briggs, Freeman, Sotheby's, and that's okay. who I work for now. But um, yeah, I mean, long and short, it was, you know, I started, I got in the business in my you know late 20s have been in the business for roughly 23 years, and I love it. It's a great, great fit, you know, works well with my acting as well. So still doing both and loving both.
0: And, and so <clears throat> we're in a, I don't want to call it an interesting market, uh, but we're in a market that, in an interesting time period for the market let's put it that way so like wh- um like what's your what's your thoughts on the dfw real estate market and let me and let me preface it with like my understanding of the market pre covid was everybody was still moving to texas um and so uh that was kind of a, a factor we still had a lot of millennials who had not really bought homes yet for a whole host of reasons and so, the, so for me, I was like, man, this market is going to be crazy for a long period of time pre-COVID, and then COVID happened, and it feels like the market hasn't really been affected much.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting, because I was thinking last year, I, I have this philosophy, and it's not my philosophy, I think it's somewhat well known, that every 10 years, give or take, the market corrects itself in some way. And uh, and I've seen that historically since I've been in real estate, you know, back in, I'd say. 2001 we had the dot-com crash and then Mm -hmm.
0: 2008
1: which is less than 10 years but then we had the whole stock market crash and whatever you call it where they were messing with the mortgages (laughs) but um and so we've been it's been 12 years i'm like we we can't keep going up can we (laughs) but you know when people ask me that question i'm like Well, I'm I'm cautious, but the market still improves. And so last year, I thought it was really starting to really flatten out. And then all of a sudden, COVID happens. I'm like, oh, dude, we're surely going to crash any moment now. And then all of a sudden, we had two of the best months we've had in a long time. I I was just looking at stats, you know, kind of what what the stats are. And the market's grown. So if if you took the median – sales price is roughly 250. You, you can read a bunch of different stuff about what the median is. Um, but if I took it at, you know, give or take 250, it's definitely increased. Like last month it was like 291 if you just did it on a month basis. Mm. So um, it, it's definitely popped up. And, and not only that, like, where, the, where the, the number of sales in a given year Or in 2018, between 150 and 200, that was the largest sector, like 13,000 sales. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, those higher numbers, and and then in 2019, they went up to like 15,000 between 200 and 250, and then now the higher numbers are going between 250 and 300. So, in other words, the market is gradually getting more expensive. So, things that I could have bought for 150. 2 years ago now are 250. I mean it's 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 crazy what what's happened in that specific range. So
0: and, and are you seeing a lot of folks that are buying or selling is it the equity from their own homes or is it out of town people that make a higher income that are moving
1: into DFW like
0: what's your feel on
1: I think it's a combination of things. I think some of it is we do have a lot of California buyers that have a lot a lot of money to come in and kind of inflate the market a bit. Uh, we also have low interest rates. That's a big factor. You know, people are choosing, oh, should I lease versus, you know, buy a house where you get some equity, you have some tax advantages. So I think it's a couple of those things. What's happening now or what's happening in June and July, I think a lot of it is just pent up, not wanting to be in your house anymore, <laughs> wanting to get out and the interest rates are low. And it's like, I want to change. I think some of it is that mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Luckily my wife has not caught that, but, <laughs> but, 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 but we moved like three years ago. So I would hope that, uh, you know, so it'll just give me 10 years. Let's, let's not buy anything new for 10, yeah, at least 10 years. Well, and I'll say this,
1: I looked at the stats between 10 years ago. So I was looking at, okay, what, what could you buy? It kind of, you know, if I look between January and December in 2010, you know, the highest month on a median price range was about 120. Oh wow. That was back in 2010. Now if I look right now in in two thousand twenty, and this is only August, the highest month was two hundred forty. So it is it's doubled. It's doubled in ten years. And that's what they typically say. I used to hear that things usually double in ten years. Well, I'm looking at proof. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Um so, so is it a seller's market now or a
1: buyer's market? At least in the
0: metroplex,
1: um, I would say, if I was just going to give one answer, I would say it is a seller's market. But it all depends what it is. So if it's if it's something, I would say that's priced three fifty and below. In my opinion, is definitely a seller's market. Mm-hmm. But if you're overpriced, you're overpriced, and it's <laughs> so. <laughs> and there's some people that are going to go in. Too high, and you find out real quick. Because if you don't have good activity or an offer, probably in the first two weeks, and you're under, say, three fifty, you need to consider why. Why have I not had an offer? Um, But I mean, even when I look at some of the price ranges, just in a in the bigger picture, I mean, everything is up. Two fifty up to a million. uh, As far as number of sales Mm -hmm. is greater than it was in 2019 pretty much across the board mm. so everything's a bit up although i wouldn't have thought that for the million dollar plus market i wouldn't but um, that either. yeah but it's it's still you know it could be more of a buyer's market in the upper upper price ranges absolutely it's mm-hmm. just going to be depending on what it is and where it is
0: hmm. and then um, and so you kind of covered this hot hot price points the slower moving price points so i'm I'm probably going to assume the hot ones are the yeah, but, under 350. Yeah,
1: I, you know, I, and I would say maybe under what jumbo mortgage money is, which is under five, whatever, five mm-hmm. ten Um Those things are probably moving pretty fast in general. Um, I've been showing some new construction lately, and I would say, you know, I think the new construction starts have gone up, um, but there was probably a little lack of inventory because per, permits, I think in the first quarter kind of slowed. But uh, that is starting to beef up a little bit, so, um, mm-hmm. but, yeah.
0: And then are, are you finding millennials are starting are, – are, are millennials starting to get older? I'm, a, I'm an old millennial, but,
1: yeah,
0: you know, <laughs> are the other millennials, the younger millennials, starting to settle down and buy some homes in the suburbs or something like that?
1: Yeah, I have, it's funny. Um, I have – I'm thinking of one specific person I have that is definitely millennial. This would be her first purchase. And we were looking really strong, you know, hot and heavy and then all of a sudden pulled the reins back because there was a little fear of, oh, job loss, with Mm. what's going on with COVID and whatnot. So, yeah, I do see a lot of millennials out there purchasing, but I do see a lot of millennials out there leasing too. And I I don't know what that's about other than maybe they're just not ready to buy yet. And they just figured, well, I'm going to give it a couple more years, see what the market does, because there is some concern. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going to happen, you know, and there's also some people that go, if I sold my house, am I really going to get something that's that much better because Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay a higher price, but then when they sell, they're also going to get a higher price. So it's weighing all those things. But yeah, in general, um, I do see millennials buying, um, but I think there's also some caution. Yeah, I think probably because we graduated into a financial crisis.
0: Because it's funny, I'm I'm one where um, you know I, maybe because also I'm a finance guy, but uh, my wife's four years older than me. But I was like, Kelly, like, why don't we rent somewhere nice with a good school district? Um, uh, that when stuff breaks, stuff breaks down, you know, they can they they can fix it, but then you and then use a credit line to get some rental property somewhere that we. Really wouldn't want to live like I would love to, you know, MLK Boulevard over in uh, mm-hmm. East, East Dallas and yep. those old homes in the mm-hmm. back that used to be. Uh, I think it used to be like a Jewish community. Nina Marcus and all used to live back there. Yeah, but they're I, like really big, nice homes, uh, but they're like kind of torn down. Mm-hmm. And for years, I've been wanting to like. I was like, we should, we all just like use our credit line to buy those and rent somewhere nice. And she's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. But uh, but it you know like renting would make me feel more comfortable while we're building assets. Right. Um, but I, I was wondering, is that a millennial thing or is it just like money?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's a money. Some of it's driven, you know, driven by obviously credit credit scores. If somebody can, you know, if they're able to purchase, um, some of it may be parent caution with some of these younger millennials, mm-hmm. you know, cause what millennial age is what 26 to 40, give or take. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's basically like, um,
0: um. Some say eighty. Some say eighty-two. My my thought was always if you graduated high school, t- two thousand to you know when when we started graduating high school is, when I, is what I, would, I thought a millennial was, yeah. which which is about that eighty eighty-two range. Yeah, yeah. So I graduated '02.
1: I graduated in '85. so I'm, all <laughs> <older>. <laughs> I'm more of the Gen X. Guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just I. I usually I can I can look at stats, but I also look at kind of what are my day-to-day relationships with people and mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing people with, you know, parents that are helping their kids make some decisions mm-hmm. and, you know, letting the, you know, kid, you know, have a big say in that, but also the parents are having some say. And then I see just, you know, people that are out of the house and on their own and, and buying as well. So, it's, it's a hard, hard one to answer. I just, yeah. I just see a ton of activity right now. And in an election year, it is odd with hmm. all the other stuff that's going on. <laughs> it is just such a weird landscape. Uh, this is but, a weird year. Yeah. Right now. So, but it's not, I don't think it's by any means, it's a bad time to buy because I think that lower part of the market, that median range mm-hmm. is always going to tend to go up a little bit. Now, maybe some of the higher end has a, better chance of you know decreasing in value of the market tanks that's just my opinion but
0: yeah yeah no I, I, I think it is a good time especially if you're in Texas in my opinion because my opinion is Texas is only becoming more competitive mm-hmm. to businesses uh to move here because west coast and east coast is crazy from a cost of living standpoint and doing business So I'm like,
1: yeah, you have no state income tax, which mm -hmm. is, you know, I hear a lot from people that are moving from California where they're paying what, 13% now or something like that. Uh, Cost of living is better, you know, especially when you're buying under a certain price range, you have some tax advantages, assuming, you know, what your income qualifications are. But uh, yeah, I always think there's some great advantages of buying a house and building equity over time. You know, and if you have that long-term game plan, kind of like you were talking, stay in a house for 10 years, you know, you're usually pretty good. You're going to, you're going to ride the market in and out, but. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's hope my wife sticks to that. <laughs> I,
0: um, and so these, these are going to be more like um, questions about um, just business, right? Right. Less real estate. So you've been doing it for 23 years. How, how have you successfully built? Cause it's not easy. It's a lot of realtors that are here for five years and done. Right. Um, so how have you successfully built the clientele and, been able to keep growing
1: over a 23-year period of time? I'd say the majority of my business has been referral business. Uh, I had a great teacher with my mom who had been in the business, owned her own company for years, you know, and she was a really big marketer. I think marketing has changed, Mm -hmm. um, whereas, you know, social media has much more of an impact than it probably ever did Mm -hmm. and continues to grow, so... You know, some of my marketing has changed in that aspect. We used to do a lot of magazine marketing and stuff. And, you know, for certain properties, you still do that. Uh, But part of my business for years, uh, my business started in the Park Cities, Preston Hollow area. It was kind of a more of a luxury brand. And then my mom and I, I say after 10 years, we kind of split apart, not split. Like right, right, we, didn't, right. we didn't hang out, but, <laughs> <laughs> but our, you know, she went, did her business and I did mine. And then we came back together years later to, you know, when there were some needs that needed to be taken care of. But when I split apart, I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Cause a lot of my business was her business and I didn't want to take her business, you know, even though I worked with certain clients. So long story short, uh, I kind of developed a larger mindset that I'm going to go anywhere in the Metroplex. Somebody wants to go. And so I learned the market, uh, as a whole that way, because honestly, these days, and for the last several years, I go anywhere. I go Salina, Prosper, Fort Worth, Midlothian, Waxahachie, Mansfield. I mean, central Dallas. I'm, I'm literally all over the place. Wiley, Rockwall <laughs> and I show all those markets, but the reason I like that is because I have a bigger, uh, better knowledge of the market as a whole because of doing that. Cause when a buyer comes in town and they say, Hey, I'm driven by schools. I know where to, I know where to go for the good schools. Mm. They're driven by land size. I say, okay, in your price range, this is where you probably want to look. So I like that. That's yeah. that, that gets me excited about business because I don't Want to know just one small specific market and just farm that market. No,
0: that makes that makes sense. La- last question: Are you are you a basketball fan? I or am. Footballer, footballer. I am. No, I, you know, I would
1: say I'm more of a football fan than I'm a basketball fan. It's funny. I can't. It's like. <laughs> it's hard for me to watch the TV basketball now with like the little TV screens and the stands. I just <laughs> can't do it. toes I mean, you off, right? Yeah, it does. It's like wrestling for my kids. Yeah, and I love, I love basketball, and I love going to games when you have all the crowd activity. But football is really more my thing.
0: Yeah. So, so who, who's your team?
1: Dallas Cowboys.
0: Okay, so I won't even ask you who are you picking to win. My my question has been who who are you picking to envy Who who, you, who are you calling to win the nba playoffs but if you're a basketball guy we're about to go on basketball well football. actually
1: maps stand a chance don't they i've heard the maps are doing well yeah, Luca uh, is
0: amazing like yeah. i don't i don't like i didn't want to give him his props because they beat the rockets every time we play them yeah. um, but Luca just is amazing yeah you know and they have a good um team like tim hardaway jr um porzingis is going to stay unhealthy so they need to figure out that trade. but yeah. um
1: yeah, and, and honestly, it's funny. I probably listen to more ESPN radio <laughs> than I do watch watch them. But I love listening to the commentators talk about it, and that's all I'm hearing from them is you know that the Mavs, they think the Mavs have a shot. But.
0: They, they do. I, I do. I, I think if they, if, especially if they get past the Clippers, because um, the Clippers have a pretty good team, then I mean it's it's up in the air who's going to win because Golden State is out. Nobody, you know, they're not even in. The yeah. Rockets, which I love, and I hope that we win. We're too inconsistent. You know, L.A., you have LeBron at 35, you know, maybe, you
1: yeah. know, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, I take it basketball is your deal.
0: Basketball is my deal. Basketball and Muay Thai. Muay Thai, man. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I like uh, UFC. Yeah, yeah. I, I I watch UFC every every now and then, but they have this thing called One Championship now. It's amazing. You're talking about social media. So um, UFC it, it's still the king of combat sports, but one, um, one, um, one championship just built this business off the back of social media. So um, it's about it's challenging UFC, A, because um, they use social media to build engagement and they stream mm-hmm. straight from YouTube and they use Instagram real well. But then B, they have, um, you know, the MMA stuff, but they also have Muay Thai only, right? Which if you, if you like wrestling... Then mm-hmm. you may like the ground stuff, but I don't like watching too many
1: ground stuff. I'm like, no, punch them, kick them. Yeah, em. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I wrestled in high school, and I, I like that. But uh, yeah, I think that when they're up and about and fighting, did you ever see? And not to get totally off the subject, it ahead. was a show. I don't know if it was one of the streaming networks about all the fighting styles. Frank Gorillo, uh, he's like an actor, and he was he went across internationally, across different countries, and and talked with certain people about every fighting style, Muay Thai to, you know, Taekwondo to whatever. It was fascinating. And what was the name of it? I, don't, I can't remember. I got, I got to check it out. Yes. Yeah, I, I yeah. would love to check it, it out. was something about fighting something, but I saw it about a year ago. It was really good.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, I got to check that out because I like it. Because like the thing I like about UFC. If, in UFC, if you can't wrestle, then you're going to get beat. You're going to get exposed because everybody can at least wrestle and then learn, learning to wrestle and learning how to box or kickbox. If you can be average at boxing or kickboxing, but you can wrestle, nobody can beat
1: you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating. I met I met a girl literally a couple of days ago. She, her favorite sport was Muay Thai. And I was like, really? I just didn't expect it. But she lived in Thailand for a while. And so uh, okay. I really got into it. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing today. Let everybody know how they can find you on social media, on the, on the web.
1: Yeah, so uh, Instagram is probably where I post more. Uh, often than not, and it's at Todd Terry Realtor. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook as Todd Terry Realtor. Uh, My company's Briggs Freeman Sotheby's International. We are uh, a local company, uh, independently owned, but we have an international presence through Sotheby's. And uh, uh, my email, if you want me to get my email, is my name, Todd Terry, that's two D's, T-O-D-D-T-E-R-R-Y at me.com. Uh, M E.com. All right. Call me if you need any help or uh, just want to know what the market's all about. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk.